Hello. Hi. Hi, I'm Ollie from uh, near Philadelphia. <laughs> I'm Sita from Ohio. And Sita's already drunk. I'm already drunk. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I had so many drinks. I know. We chatted. We were waiting for my laundry to finish so we could record. It's my fault. Just been going, man. This is good. This is oh. good. Welcome to Backlist and Chill. Yeah. Here, Backlist and Chill. We like to read books from our probably youth, uh, if not our own actual youth, from a time when we were youths. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we talk about them, but we drink mm-hmm. in case that wasn't clear. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, uh, yeah, today we are on the final episode of season three we've been talking made it i know so good you did such a good job proud of us we're talking about lj smith's the vampire diaries trilogy knee quartet (laughs) right yeah it's it's a quartet series originally now it's whatever you call a fucking 12 i mean fair fair but this like came to us as a four-part series so we're talking about the final book and it is called Dark Reunion, which for the first time I actually am like, okay, cool. You I agree with that title. title. Okay. I do. It will actually be helpful as opposed to like the fury and the struggle and the awakening where I'm like, you're all out of order. This is true. It's like if somebody says Dark Reunion, you know which one that is. Whereas if somebody says the struggle or the awakening, you're <laughs> like, right? I don't know. I don't know what the you Second are. one? Third one? You could be anything. Fifteenth? The Awakening, you'd think that'd be the first one, is it? Probably not. It is the first one. Is it? Good. Yeah. I only know that because I had to write it four times during this podcast. (laughs) I actually, I disagree with myself already. I think The Awakening should be the one where Elena is turned into a vampire. (laughs) That's the struggle. That's the struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And well. the Fury is the last one. Nah, they're wrong. <laughs> nah. Denied. Anyway, Dark Reunion. Dark Reunion. Fine. Yes. Dark Reunion. Good title. It is. So, we're drinking. I'm back on my shit with absinthe because I somehow ended up with uh, one and three quarters bottles of absinthe after New Year's. And uh, I'm just doing some straight up absinthe, some nice oh. sugar water and a big old splash of uh, lemon juice because I didn't have lime, which means I'm doing an actual broken mirror as opposed to a shattered mirror from with the with the lime juice. What are you drinking? So I decided to find a drink that used stuff that was cheap mm-hmm. and didn't require me to buy another alcohol. Mm. So I made a rebirth. <laughs> and it is orange juice and rum and lemon juice, all of which I have, except for the orange juice, which I bought, but it's okay because it was cheap. Yeah, it's orange juice. And um, it's supposed to have champagne in it. But you were like, nah, that's expensive. No, so I was at the dollar store and I'm like, sparkling grape juice, that's the same thing. Fuck yeah. So I tried some of that in the first one and it wasn't great, so I sort of omitted it from the pitcher. Okay. And I've just been drinking lemon juice and orange juice and rum. Lemon juice? And I'm gonna have a real bad night Orange tonight. juice. It's not gonna be good on my stomach. And but, rum. But I am very drunk. We gotta get some bread so in So it worked. I had lunch. Okay. That's fine. All right, good. <laughs> it's fine. All right, so we know what we're drinking. I'm ready to talk about the blurb. Do it. All right. Go. The final conflict, the last deadly kiss. Elena, 
Now she rises from the dead to recreate the powerful vampire trio. Mm. Stefan, summoned by Elena, he keeps a promise to her and fights the most terrifying evil he's ever faced. Damon. Joining the brother he once called enemy, Damon battles this new horror with strength, cunning, and deadly charm. Spoilers? Fuck right! Like, how many fucking spoilers you want to give us on the back of the goddamn book? Nothing about, yo, what's up, this is Bonnie and Meredith's book? I know, I know, it's literally from Bonnie's perspective, yeah. mostly. Mostly Bonnie's perspective, some from Meredith, I think we get a chapter or two from Matt, we get a chapter from Stefan. This is not Elena's fucking book, this is not Damon's fucking book. Can you imagine picking this up and it's saying, now Elena rises from the dead, Ooh. and then you flip... Through the most of the book, and she only realizes in like the last page, and you're just like, "Wait, I thought Elena was gonna be in this a book." A zombie. What's up? Now? <laughs> I'm glad I didn't read this blurb before I read it. One, I would have been expecting zombie Elena, and I'd have been here for that. <laughs> Two, I would have just assumed that her chatting with Bonnie in her her dreams was her rising from the dead. Well, I guess in that way it's good, right? Because then you aren't super spoiled. Yeah, but then when it happened at the end, I'd have been like, oh, that's what I mean. <laughs> I see what you mean. It wouldn't have been the fucking out of nowhere shock that it was. Oh, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get but... there. We have a long wow. way to go. So what's next? The cover. I can't talk about mine because it's a duology one. Let's talk about yours. Yours is so pretty. It is pretty, and it sounds like something a drug person would describe. So it's the same, like, format, except that it looks like the little, like, stripe on the side that has all the text might be black. Hold on, let me get a flashlight and illuminate the situation. It is indeed black. All right. So my version, which may not be the original version... But it has the black stripe on the side, and it has the very nice, like, illustrated Vampire Diaries logo, mm. which is also raised, so it's, like, nice to run your finger across. While you're drunk, I bet that's excellent. Mm, yeah, it's good feeling. Mm, love that finger feeling. Anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> underneath it says Dark Reunion, uh, which is also raised and also feels nice. And then underneath that it says Volume... Four. Embossed, is that the word? It is embossed, yes. You're correct. Good job. Hooray, I words. <laughs> it says, not even death could keep them apart. Uh, and then it has LJ Smith's name, which is also embossed. Uh, does it feel as good as the vampire Because <laughs> <laughs> the letters are further the, apart. For the tactile uh, <laughs> review. This is I feel this. like I'm there with you. <laughs> Has a smell. Oh, it smells like an old book. I was yes. going to mention that earlier, but I didn't want to interrupt. Mmm, <laughs> smells like an old book, and I love it. Nice. Uh, and the actual picture, which is probably the part anybody cares about, is not as great, right? Because it's just yeah. a really big Elena's face. This is probably the worst <laughs> picture. It's so Cause, awkward. Because if you just look at this picture as a picture, as opposed to, like... A melding of ideas. This is terrifying. It looks like a nightmare. So it's just a big Elena's face. And it's not like you can see like the side of her face and the jaw and some of her hair. But it doesn't even have as much of the face and the neck as like the other ones do. Yeah. So it's just flesh. 
It's just yeah. face flesh. And then on the it's a right Zamichan nightmare. <laughs> and then on the right side, it's just an eye from Damon and an eye and a mouth from Stefan or vice versa. Who knows? Until it just kinda looks like they're Cassandra from the first season of Doctor Who, where okay. she's just like a flesh Ugh. trampoline Ugh. in a frame, and it's very gross, and I don't like it. And it's like I don't like it. Multiple Cassandras, but in one frame, and I hate it. And then underneath Elena's chin is like some flames. Yeah, which that at least plot wise, I can understand why there are some candles. Right? Like, so the candles make sense, but the fleshy faces are gross, and I don't like it, which is a shame, because this is, like, the my best favorite one. book in the series. Yeah, yeah, also maybe the best so far. So, like, why the terrible cover? I mean, right. I do appreciate that the color palette and everything are very different from the first three, so you can tell it apart, you know? You're right, the colors are different. Yep. I just wish that it was Bonnie, you know? That's true. This book goes to extreme lengths to obscure that Bonnie is the main character. Which it really is doesn't. There's wild no reason for it. Because that's probably like the number one thing in its favor. Yeah. It's not, it's not a bad book. No, I think that if you read this book first, you'd be like, oh, I'm intrigued by the story of this girl and what came before. Yeah. Maybe that would be interesting to read. And then you'd read it and be like, oh, no. I, I was incorrect. <laughs> yeah because like if i just read this book with the way everyone is fucking sucking alina's cock about everything that oh she my does god no. <laughs> i would be like oh shit wow this girl sounds like she was really special and important to all these people you know she sounds like a complex character i love those yeah right but she's not no. <laughs> And, yeah, Stefan's so in love with her, and, like, Matt was in love with her, and Damon has complicated feelings about her, and she sacrificed herself to save the town. Like, all of these are things that are like, yeah, wow, that character sounds interesting, and holy shit, she, spoilers, she comes back to life at the end for no, no reason we're given. It's That's the only true. thing I'm salty about. There's no <laughs> reason for any of it. No reason. So, like, had I just read this book, I would be like, wow, cool, I guess I should read the other ones. But then I would be so wrong. But I do think that you could definitely read this one by itself because they go to great lengths to like recap things, but recap them in a way that's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Honestly, so there's a lot of stuff that LJ Smith is doing in this book that shows me that she's a pretty good writer. Right. She's gotten so much better. She really has really quickly. Like, the way she recaps stuff, and it never felt like an info dump that I hated. Right. So you get info dumps from, like, Stefan and Bonnie, but they're always, like, so angsty that it works, right? Because yeah. they're just like, oh, I feel such a way that this thing happened, and oh no, I'm back in this town where this stuff happened to this me. This bad shit happened. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's... I think that a lot of writers need to learn from that kind of thing, where usually an info dump that's an info dump. Mm -hmm. We'll be like, once upon a time, this thing happened. I'm going to be super dry about it. Okay, moving on. You're so right that this is like, these are my emotions. These are my feelings about what happened, as opposed to just, I am detached. I'm, in fact, the narrative. It's it's characterization. There we go. That's yeah. The 
It was so good. And I only skipped a couple of them being like, yeah, yeah, I know what happened. <laughs> right. I was like, oh, okay, listen, I set three books doing this. I knew what actually happened and not this romanticized bullshit version. So <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to go ahead to the next part. <laughs> but in a way that I was like, the newbies will get it and it's good. Like, jumping ahead, yeah, I could recommend just this book. But I also feel like this is, like, I read this book and I recognize L.J. Smith in it. Yes. It For feels the first like her. time, yes. I felt like I was reading the author who wrote Forbidden Game. Agreed. And, you know, I like Forbidden Game a lot. Like, I was chatting with uh, with my good friend Lois, and she brought up Forbidden Game, and I was like, I read it recently, you know, a couple of years back with the other podcast, and it was the first time I'd ever read it, and I gotta say, it holds up in the sense that I liked it. You know, it was fun. It wasn't the most, like, earth-shattering story, but, like, I loved the characters, and I had a good time with it. So, Mm -hmm. like, it fucking holds up compared to fucking Vampire Diaries 1 through 3. No. Right. And this is the first one where, I mean, and we'll get get to it, right? But it's just, like, the things that get touched on here are things that we come back to with L.J. Smith, like, again and again and again. Like, this yeah, really again, feels again. like a test kitchen for a lot of further series. Yeah. I'm I'm real sad, basically, that, like, shit went bad for her, mental health-wise and physical health-wise. Mm-hmm. So I feel like she was doing the thing that a lot of authors do, which is rehashing stuff over and over and over again until they get to what they're trying to say right like certain certain ideas certain themes she's trying to get across and and she just does it again and again and again and like it's it's fine because they're all pretty entertaining yes and i just i wonder what it would have been like i mean since since we're a backlist podcast and Mm -hmm. we we tend to go through people's backlists i wonder where she would have gone with that had life been different for her Mm -hmm. all right so let's talk about this plot all right, let's do it. I have you're so drunk, many notes. And you're always good at this, so I cede the floor to you. I'll just comment as we go. We will see what happens. All right, The Vampire Diaries 4, Dark Reunion. <laughs> Dark Reunion kicks off uh, six months after Elena's death. We're like two weeks to graduation. Yes. Uh, it's told from the perspective of Bonnie, mostly, though there are other characters dip in here and there. And it starts off with Caroline trying to rebuild her friendship with Bonnie and Meredith, which yes. I appreciate. Like, I'm on record as wanting Caroline to be better than she is in Me the too. series. She's a fucking, she's a kid, man. She's allowed to be like, yo, I fucked up. And she, listen, she fucks up real bad in the previous series. She does indeed try to get a guy lynched, white guy lynched. Yeah. So, oh my God. <laughs> like, that's pretty bad. Like, that's pretty bad, Caroline. You're definitely canceled. But I do like that they try to bring some nuance back to Caroline where she's like, oh, Elena's dead and I'm trying to be better. I'm here for that, definitely. Yes, I'm so in for a better Caroline, and I'm sure that the TV show does that matter because she's like a main character, right? So she can't just be... I remember, so I come from the background of having seen like maybe a season or two, I don't remember. It's kind of a blur. I know I've watched a lot of it. (laughs) (laughs) Who Um, knows? Not me. Who knows how much I watched, because I remember a lot. Either they shoved a lot into the one season that I saw, or... (laughs) Uh, I remember loving Caroline. 
Yeah, I'm sure she's much better over six seasons of television. Yeah, like, she was good and I liked her, and so it was very strange when starting the series to be like, oh, no, Caroline's I don't care, like, just a bitch. Wild. No. Um, yeah. Anyway, okay. Caroline, she's trying to rebuild her friendship with Bonnie and Meredith, so she wants to throw Meredith a surprise party. She pitches this idea to Bonnie, and Bonnie's like, oh man, I don't think that's a good idea, because Meredith is notoriously personality-less, and she's not gonna like this. <laughs> but Bonnie doesn't really stand up to her that well, so they're gonna throw a party. So the girls go to the party. Bonnie uh, forces Caroline to invite Vicky and Sue, um, so that there are more red shirts that can die. <laughs> Fuck, dude, I was so mad. I know, both of whom are have been mentioned in the books prior. Vicky yep. more so than Sue, but... I was real excited, and then I was not. Yeah, though they're both just there to die. Yep. So, the party goes on pretty normally until Bonnie brings up a creepy dream that she had about Elena. Because no one cannot have a fucking conversation about Elena. Goddamn. <laughs> no, Elena. Elena looms large over this series. That is the perfect description. St. Elena, omnipotent patron <laughs> deity, killed before her time. She was so young. She, she had, had so, so much, much left to do. To do. <laughs> oh my god okay but before this this party happens bonnie has a dream about elena and so like that dream is the first place where we're shown like oh shit this is gonna be a horror book oh i was real excited about that i knew you would be so like <laughs> the previous three books have had their horror tinges but they're very gothic horror like romance and yeah romantic and- gothic anytime though uh lj smith is like what if i show you that these vampire books are horror I'm like, <gasps> exactly. Yes. Thank you. And the fourth goes super hard on it. Like this movie has this movie. This book <laughs> is a slasher movie. It's got like several genres of horror movies stuffed into Look, it, right? As a Freddy Krueger fan. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is my fave. So much Freddy going on here. So much Freddy. So Bonnie has a dream about Elena and they're having a tea party and it's all nice and normal until like Elena's teeth fall out and blah, 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 blah. Oh my God. And that was the moment I knew that it was going to be great. (laughs) Yeah, because it is very like, I need to tell you this important stuff, but we're being observed by somebody who is more powerful than I am and who controls the dream space. Who's just going to make my fucking teeth fall out. He's a real dick. He is a dick. Like he could have just been like, I'm going to make your mouth not work. Nope. Yeah. He's fucking with her. He's like, doo, 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 tink, tink, tink. your teeth are falling out. Nya, nya, nya. <laughs> it's so good. It's like very much a dream horror. Yeah. It's a person who has the teeth horror dreams. Yeah. <laughs> Plus also, I love that in all these dreams, Elena fucking Gilbert, which is her full name, of course, <laughs> um, <laughs> who is so fucking petty about her looks, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. gets to be like, oh no, I'm rotting. Oh no, I'm falling apart. Oh no, he's fucking with my appearance. Elena. <sighs> she is and not in control of it. She's not in control. And he's just like, I'm going to take a- away that thing that you were always so proud of. And I I was so proud of LJ Smith for doing that to us because we know how much she fucking loves Elena. Yes. <sighs> yes. But to give me those moments. <laughs> like, yes. Thank you. Rip those teeth out. Yes, I love it. <laughs> And her, like, because I can just imagine Elena's horror, which makes it even better horror. 
Because, like, <laughs> it's terrifying on the one hand, you know, where you're like, oh, shit, teeth falling out. That's fucking terrifying. But then for Elena to, like, cover her mouth and be like, oh, no, don't see me. Oh, yeah. The idea that Elena is conscious and aware of this stuff as it is happening to her is kind of a nightmare, yes. Yeah. Where you're like, this is horror, and mm-hmm. I love it, and I'm here for it. Right, because Elena says specifically, like, she can make contact through these dreams that Bonnie has, but she's not in control of them. Yeah. Like, when he deigns to notice that they are happening. Then he will show up and fuck around. Yes, he is very much, like, pulling the levers here. Yep. So Bonnie has this dream. Elena tries to warn Bonnie about a him who is threatening them. And to give her ingredients to a spell that she needs to cast. I like that it was very simple. Oh yeah, I feel like this book is very good with having things that the characters can do, you know? Yeah, reachable, attainable goals. How wild is that? But yeah, like, it's very good about being like, okay, first we need to do this, then we need to do this, and that leads to this. And after three books of just nothing, it feels like a book. Finally. So Bonnie shares this with the group and the girls decide to summon Elena with a Ouija board in true white girl fashion. And I deeply There's so much white girl bullshit in this book. I love it. (laughs) The druids. I'm like, oh my fucking God, Bonnie, shut up. (laughs) The whitest mystical heritage that you can reach for. We're going to use a Ouija board. We're going (laughs) to use some candles. Are you going to fucking white girl smudge the place too? (laughs) They don't do that in this book, but I'm sure we'll get to it. Let's get to Secret Circle, right? Oh god, yeah. So the girls try to summon Elena with a Ouija board. Um, Cool, cool, cool. Good idea. Anything can touch it. (laughs) So they all get together and they connect with her. They get, like, this is a big exchange of information, but what I love about this scene is that it's like Elena sending texts. Yeah. When in reality, you have to watch that planchette go from E Thank to O you. to I Thank to you. Okay, <laughs> hold on. So, I'm just gonna... Dramatic reading. Go for it. These are all the words that get spelled out. And again, literally every letter has to be hit. Caroline, don't be a jerk. You're lucky I'm talking to you at all. Spelled out. Like, this is before tech speak. Like, that's yep. Y-O-U-R-E. Yep. Bonnie, there's no time. Stop sniveling and get down to business. Bonnie, don't trance. No trance, no trance. Corrupting influences, distorting our communication. There are bad things, very bad things out there. He's busy so I can talk now, but there's not much time. Listen, when we stop, get out of the house fast. You're in danger. Okay, she could have stopped there and let them get out because they're in Mm -hmm. danger. But Mm -hmm. instead, wait, listen first. The whole town is in danger. You need help. He's out of your league. Unbelievably strong. Now listen and follow instructions. You have to do a summoning spell and the first ingredient is... H, and the thing goes wildly. That fucking message alone would take like 10 minutes to decipher. You wasted so much fucking time, Elena fucking Gilbert. (laughs) Then, another mouse, another mouse, another mouse. Mouse mud kill you. Blood, blood, blood. Bonnie, get out, run. He's here. Run, run, run. So what I love about that is that clearly at some point, Klaus, and spoilers, it's Klaus. Spoilers, it's Klaus. Klaus takes over control of the planchette, right? And they just sit. sit. To spell another mouse, 
three fucking times. They just read it over and over, and Klaus is like, well, it's Elena, but they think Klaus is like, blah, 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 blah. Like, after that first blood, I would be like, you know what, guys? This is broken. (laughs) I'm not touching this this anymore. We gotta go. We need to go. But no, they sit there while Klaus spouts out this creepy nonsense. Right? That's a lot. Like, if I if I had a Ouija board, which I do not, shockingly, <laughs> I would love to record how long it would fucking take to spell all that out. Because it would be a long time. Even if the girls don't have their hands on it and the planchette's just moving by itself, that's still, they're 26 letters, man. It takes a while. It takes a long time. And then the lights go out. And then they're like, oh man, maybe we should heed those warnings Elena was trying to give us. So they try to get out of the house. But they get split up. And so while Meredith and Bonnie hide, uh, Vicky and Sue are driven upstairs. And eventually, Sue is thrown out the window. Mm-hmm. In the aftermath, uh, the police assume that Sue got too scared because teenage girls. Am I right? I guess I'll just throw myself out this window. That sounds like a plan. Right. Sometimes when you're a teenage girl, you just get so scared, so hysterical, you just throw yourself out a window. It happens. Um, but the point is that nobody believes that it was supernatural. And as Bonnie kind Even of- Even though they all dealt with this shit fucking last book. Well, as Bonnie kind of predicted in the last book, they are- forgetting they're changing things so that it all makes sense it's all very rational yeah which fair fair i don't blame them i would also like to forget that the trilogy happened so it's fine. <laughs> i would like to believe the lies they tell themselves so like the next scene is them going to like a gathering of teenagers in a parking lot i imagine i don't know the teenagers start to like convince themselves that it was vicky Based on Tyler's urging. I feel so bad for Vicky. Yeah, Vicky's kind of just a plot device here. She's this eternal punching bag, and I'm the the plot done dirty. Yeah, Vicky is just here to be a crazy person. And it's so sad. Like, so, Elena fucking Gilbert. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was too young and she had so much left to do. But Vicky and Sue, like, God, I just. There's a real distinct Elena is a fucking saint and deserves life, and the rest of them don't matter, and I hate that. Well, Elena was the protagonist of the last series, Ollie, and that. You oh, know what? I forgot. Some of us are just NPCs. Yeah, if Vicky or Sue were a protagonist, it would be different, but they're not. Your red shirts, you're right. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so, uh, Tyler kind of convinces everybody that it was Vicky because, oh, crazy people have super strength and maybe she could have done it. Who knows? I should have known then at that point, honestly, that it was that Tyler was a problem. Oh yeah, that Tyler's just there to sow discord. Uh Matt kind of believes Matt. Bonnie and Meredith are telling the truth that there's some supernatural threat against them again. But Matt's in like really bad shape in this book. <laughs> my baby. I love him so much. <laughs> Here, once again, my bullet point just says sorry, Ollie. Sorry, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's in bad shape. There were there were definitely scenes where I was just like, 
I would read it, but I would, like, turn the page and skim for the word Matt. <laughs> Being like, do we acknowledge that Matt's in the fucking room this, this, these two pages? Nope. All right. Well, I'm going to read them, but good to know. <laughs> um... So he doesn't really help. And they try to convince everybody, somebody's coming, you guys. Uh, Elena told us in a dream. Yo, can we think about the fact that if any of us were, like, friends with these girls? Elena told us in a dream. <laughs> oh my god, these two again. Can we just, like, we're graduating in two weeks. Will you please? I don't care about Elena fucking Gilbert. Can we just get to college, please? Can we please? I'm leaving. I'm going to Berkeley when this is over. Thank you. Goodbye. So please just let me get out of this without dragging me into more of your Elena Gilbert bullshit. She's dead. I thought the bullshit was over. <laughs> These past six months have been so good for me personally Ugh. without yep. Elena Gilbert here. If I was like Vicky or Caroline, I would be like, yeah, life is great now. <laughs> <laughs> right? <sighs> minus all the ptsd oh man yeah except for that so the teenagers disperse uh and meredith bonnie and mag get together and try to discuss what to do and this is the first inkling of the theme of this Yay. book which is written every couple chapters <laughs> they readdress it and you know what it's fine i appreciate it it's a good theme it's a good theme it's yeah, a good it's theme good. uh and it comes mostly from matt because Matt is in his existential crisis. He's like... He's fucking on the edge of being a nihilist. He really is. He's like, what do you do in the face of a world where everything is terrible and nothing matters and bad things happen to good people? Right? And Matt's just there like, what do I do? <laughs> I don't know. It's so bad. Everything is terrible for him. And Bonnie comes back with what ends up being the ultimate theme of the book, which is do something, anything. Anything. Do anything. Don't just lie down and die, Matt. Just try, try. And you know what? That's a good fucking theme. It is. It really fucking is. There was an image that I had posted on a Facebook maybe like two days ago. What are we holding on to, Sam, says Frodo, that there's some good in this world, Mr. Frodo, and it's worth fighting for. Like, having just looked at this image and then read this book, I was like, yep, fucking that. <laughs> you gotta try. Right, and especially in, I mean, it's wild. This was published in, like, 1993, but hey, still yeah. relevant. I don't think it'll ever stop being relevant. Right, just do anything like it i mean we're skipping ahead but like at the end of this book bonnie is faced with a decision where she's like oh i could do nothing and die later or i could do something that's not really gonna have any impact but it's the most that i can do and i will die horribly for it <laughs> but i guess i'm gonna try that right she does it anyway and it's because it's the most that she can do mm. and i appreciate that you know what the most that you can do, even if it seems insignificant, I'm here for this. And I really like it and appreciate it because we don't... Maybe we do. I don't know. I haven't read all the young adult books, but I feel <laughs> like that was not a thing that was really talked about in a lot of stuff. And especially for a long time when we were dealing with a lot of dystopian novels. Mm -hmm. That, like, in dystopian novels, that there was more of this sense of, like, try, you're gonna die but try mm -hmm. where this was more hopeful about 
try, you might die. <laughs> but it might give somebody else the opportunity to be better. Yeah, no, it's good. And it's it's definitely like action, even in the face of defeat. And that's... It's fucking heroic. It is. It's Inaction is such a problem. And like, mm-hmm. just do it, man. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they all resolve to try and stop this threat. Uh, they realize that Elena, what Elena was getting at was that she wanted them to summon Stefan. So they go to the crypt where the climax of the last book took place to find some blood and hair. And you know what? This is great. Our characters doing things that can affect the plot. What a fucking revolutionary idea. Yeah. Finally took four books. <laughs> I know, right? So they go to the crypt. While they're there, Bonnie realizes in her last exchange with Tyler that he knew details about their chase through Caroline's house that he shouldn't have known. And she tries to tell them, hey guys, Tyler might be a threat. And they're just like, no, no, no. Tyler's too stupid, Bonnie. Too stupid (laughs) for this. Too stupid to be the big bad. And they ignore her. So they gather the blood and hair that they need, and back at Bonnie's house, Matt, Meredith, and Bonnie perform the spell to summon Stefan back to Fell's church to save them. Uh, Meanwhile, back in Florence, Stefan is cleaning up after Damon, who has made it a habit of picking up and metaphorically raping women. Right, because as always, blood and feeding is sex. And they don't even try to hide how non-consensual it is because Stefan goes through it with Damon. He's like, you say that they consented, but they don't know that this means that they'll have nightmares, that this means yeah. that they'll have like a traumatic experience. Consent, but it's not informed consent. You're like, hey, you want to get your blood sucked? Okay. They ignore all the side effects. Sign here. Stefan goes out of his way to say that, Damon, you are doing a bad thing that is harming women who look like Elena. (laughs) What is going on? (laughs) It's so terrible. When I read this book a year ago or so, I forgot that Damon was behaving like a serial murderer. Yeah, about Elena. Damon doesn't get a lot in this book, actually. No, he's not in it very much, and... We'll get to okay. it, but, like, the only stuff that's there is to, like, absolve him of his sins. But just the fact that they go to such pains to explain that Damon is doing a bad thing to women who cannot give their consent. And then the fact that Damon is just, like, shrug.gif, ain't I a stinker? <laughs> I'm a bad boy, Stefan. <laughs> Let me twirl my mustache. But Damon also posits like the opposite side of this theme, right? Where he's like, yeah, Stefan turns out the world is terrible and full of shitty guys like me. Why don't you just swim with the current? And Stefan's like, no, I can't. I have to oppose. And you're like, I got you, LJ. So then Bonnie's spell works and she psychically connects with Stefan and she's like, Stefan, please, God, come help us. And uh, he does. So Bonnie has another Freddy Krueger dream. I love it. And she has another conversation with Elena where Elena's like, he uses your fear to get in. And I'm like, this is definitely, you saw a nightmare on Elm Street, LJ. Wait, that's such a good question. I mean, there was definitely Freddy's out in the world before this came out. Hell yeah, hell yeah, but how many? Let's see. Because he's my fave. 
Right. So the first one was in 1984, mm-hmm. which means she had a lot yeah. <laughs> to pull yeah. on. Oh, so good. So good. Yep. So the next day at school, Stefan shows up. Gasp. Finally. I love the detail that he's, like, wearing ratty deck shoes, because then I get to picture Stefan in shoes without laces, and it's very fun. (laughs) But surprise, Damon is also there, and Bonnie assumes that she summoned Damon accidentally. Whoops, now we have the brother and the serial killer. What are we gonna do? So the group gathers in a barn, and they catch the brothers up. Damon gets real creepy about Bonnie, at this point, yeah. where he's all like, mm, Matt, are you tapping that right now? Because <laughs> if not, I'd like to put a tap in that throat. Yeah, question mark. They still refer to her as being, like, the most childlike, which is a yeah. sticking point for characters, supposedly. But in this book, Damon is like, mm, might have to get in on it. But that also that also felt like, wasn't there the little gal in Forbidden Game? Summer. Summer. Summer is totally the Bonnie. <laughs> it's true, except Summer has less FaceTime or personality. Yeah, Summer is like, you out. <laughs> She's like Cliff Notes Bonnie. So when asked about why this threat came to Phil's church, Stefan explains that Phil's church has a psychic energy thanks to the Civil War battle that happened there, and that this is also what drew Catherine there. So they keep bringing up the idea of, like, unquiet spirits, I think is the phrase that they use. Yep, and they've mentioned it a couple times before in other books. Right, the idea that because of the battle that happened here, that there's just, like, this confluence of, like, people who died, and they eventually, I think, retcon it to be, like, ley lines. Which I didn't see that coming, so it was just so stupid. Oh, no, you have to read this more than once to see the ending coming. <laughs> Trust me. Okay, good. Because I'm reading it and I'm like, am I just asleep that I not notice? Because this feels out of nowhere. Yeah, no, the only thing that foreshadows the ending are the multiple times that they say unquiet spirits. But it's never in a way that feels like it's building to anything. It just feels like more atmospheric bullshit. Right. Well, I'm glad that I didn't miss anything, because I know definitely some of the books we have read, it's been like, oh, I've read this before, and the foreshadowing is good on the fifth time. Yeah. (laughs) It definitely, this ending definitely feels like, what the fuck is happening? Where did this come from? Why are there ghosts now? I don't know. It's fucking The Last Lord of the Rings. Yeah, the only foreshadowing that they have at all is... Them saying the phrase unquiet spirits like three times. Unquiet spirits. And then them mentioning that it's happening on the solstice. Yes. Which, like, you knew something was going to happen with that. We're like, oh, the land between the dead and the living is very thin. So I'm like, all right, Elena's going to be able to do something. So the group agrees uh, that they need to talk to Vicky because she's the only insight into what might be happening for reasons, question mark. <laughs> question mark, question mark. So they go to Vicky's. Um, they work in tandem with Damon to, like, use his powers to do stuff. And, like, this part of the book is the one that I like the most, where it's like they're all working as a team. Yeah. 
And they're like, Damon, use your powers to make her parents go to sleep. Damon, use your powers to make her open the window for Damon, us. Damon, you're more powerful than everyone. <laughs> Make people do shit. If I was Damon, I'd be like, oh my god. <laughs> what am I, a fucking car? <laughs> like, <laughs> Thanks, I'm fucking Kit. This is good. <laughs> I do like that. It definitely used Damon like a tool. <laughs> He is a tool. <laughs> Deserve. <laughs> so yeah, they use Damon to talk to Vicky. Vicky's in a real bad shape, like mentally. She is. Uh, Stefan uses his magic vampire powers to glamour Vicky into getting her to like describe the guy who's coming. And we get proto-Julian description. It's Julian! He's got it's white Julian. hair and blue eyes. Electric blue. Electric blue, which will be a very important description in Forbidden Can Game. we talk briefly about the fact that LJ Smith is so fucking hot for blue eyes? <laughs> yeah, there are so many people with blue eyes in the series. Like, Damon and Stefan have green eyes and dark eyes on Damon. Neither of them, the dude protagonists, right, or love interests, neither of their eyes are given as much fucking, like, oh, as blue <laughs> eyes anytime they're fucking mentioned. Like, Elena with her midnight blue, her lapis lazuli, yep. like, these electric blue. Even Matt gets icy blue, and I'm like, you are so hot for blue eyes. You don't even know how to fucking describe other eyes. Bonnie has cornflower blue eyes, which is very important in the side story. Right? Like, oh my god. Yes. So into blue eyes. Learn other fucking words for (laughs) other fucking eyes, Lisa Jane. Right. Uh, But our bad guy, white blonde hair, blue eyes. It's Julian. It's Julian. It's bad Julian. Bad, bad Julian. Evil Julian. We don't love this Julian. No, we don't. I do like the detail that he is wearing a raincoat, Mm. which they specify as a tan raincoat. So, like, I am personally trying to figure out... It's like fucking Spike. No, it's not even Spike. But with a tan raincoat. It's tan. Who wears a tan raincoat? What what image are you trying to invoke, Lisa? a black raincoat? Well, she's basically trying... And this is where we get a little thing... Later on, when we encounter him, he's described as like, oh, he could be any street person. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, he's supposed to look like a homeless person. How excellent. We're dealing with classism again. <laughs> now, the the poor looking vampire who is over 2,000 years mm-hmm. old, he's he's ancient. He can do whatever he fucking wants, but he chooses, in my opinion, to look like a homeless person so that like he just kind of is ignored. But, like, fuck you, LJ Smith, with your bullshit hating on people who are in poverty. Yeah, I just, I feel like she was using this raincoat as, like, trying to conjure an image, right? Like, of an intimidating bad guy? But, like, it was like a threadbare raincoat. It wasn't a cool duster. Right, exactly. That's why I'm so confused. Because, like, yes, she mentions multiple times that he looks like a homeless person. But also, like, you're you're obviously trying to strike an aesthetic. And not like an old homeless person. He's, like, only supposed to look a couple... 
years older than Stefan? No, like, don't worry. He's hot. Yeah. Like, we mentioned that multiple times. He's definitely hot. No one in this book, unless they're a parent, looks older than the age of 25. It's fine. (laughs) I'm just so confused by this tan raincoat. Because, like, you're right. It's not Spike. It's not the Matrix. (laughs) It's tan. What are we doing, LJ? Is he looking like a flasher? Like, what? (laughs) Okay. I don't know. That's probably the only image. I can't think of anybody in, like, popular culture who wore a tan raincoat at the time that she might be trying to invoke. Exactly. Usually, if it was, like, oh, he's wearing a black raincoat or he's, he's wearing a yellow raincoat, like, usually you could get some kind of image. Like, it's not even a... Fuck, is it Candyman? Hold on. <laughs> nope, so I don't even know. It's not It's not Freddy. It's not. Nope. It's not Jason. It's not Leatherface. Maybe, maybe, oh. What? Maybe that's it. She was trying to do something that no one else had done. That's my theory. Maybe. I just, like, when I think Tan Trenchcoat in this time period, literally all I think about are the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> so i don't think that's what she was trying to invoke no so no i think you're right i think she was just trying to be like here's a creepy thing i guess tan raincoat sure blonde hair and his eyes are like fucking people on spice and dune and he's wearing a (laughs) thin tan raincoat how does a raincoat even get thin can i just ask that question the entire time i'm reading it every time it comes up threadbare raincoat you don't mean raincoat no because then you're picturing like a plastic exactly like how is that threadbare there's no thread (laughs) nope those also don't really come in tan so like at least not in terms of like the aesthetic image that you're calling down by saying a tan raincoat so you're clearly just describing a trench coat exactly she should have just said a tan threadbare trench coat Ugh. whatever anyway that's what klaus looks like (laughs) <laughs> anyway that's close <laughs> but so yep vicky describes this image that she's seen and then there's a psychic storm with shit flying around vicky's room and at the end of it written on the mirror in lipstick is good night sweetheart uh vicky's freaked out and stefan puts damon on guard duty while the rest of them leave uh, because Stefan thinks, based on Vicky's description, that the attacker is a vampire, and he wants to examine Sue's body to prove it. I do like the scene because it's like again the whole like working as a team thing, where like it's Matt, Stefan, Bonnie, and Meredith, and Matt goes to like unbutton Sue's blouse to like <laughs> see if she has bite marks, and Bonnie and Meredith are like, no, 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 no. <laughs> They're like, no boys. You do not get to see dead boobies. Get the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) No corpse tits for you. You've probably seen a bunch of them, but not today, sir. Not today, Satan. They both like shove Stefan out of the way. They're like, we'll look. Thank you. And there's a nice part at the end of it that I liked where Bonnie leaves and she's like really upset because they put hairspray in Sue oh, on Sue's hair. Yeah. 
it's Bonnie coping with like the trauma of everything that's happened, but she expresses it in a way that she's like, oh no, Matt, I'm so sad because they put hairspray into his hair, but Sue would never use hairspray. Like that wasn't her vibe. Yeah, it's like such a sad moment of like kind of, uh, what's the word, when you're losing innocence and things like that, where you're like, oh Mm -hmm. fuck, when you're dead, shit can happen to your body that you never would have done to it. It's very, it's a very sad moment. It's good. This whole book is tinged with sadness, like Mm -hmm. sadness that Bonnie and Meredith feel about Elena's death, about Sue's death, about what's happening to Vicky. The sadness that Stefan feels about like facing eternity without Elena. It's almost like a grief book. Yeah. And everybody is dealing with like their sudden realization of mortality and stuff. Ugh, but like the book is so good with mortality and grief, but then at the end it's like psych never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it, you'll come back. There in are the no end. consequences. Except for, you know, everybody who's not Elena. But like this part of the book feels almost like an issues book crossed with a vampire book where we're all just teenagers learning about book. death. It's a grief book with vampires, like we had cancer book with vampires. Yes. And I, I like that. Me it's, too. It's fucking something, right? Yep. Um, Stefan goes back to Vicky's house, house to take over the watch for Damon. He tries to compliment Damon. Mm-hmm. He's like, Damon, thank you for watching over Vicky. And Damon is like, don't think this makes me a good person, brother. <laughs> I'm going to go out and be a dick. Bye. I'm gonna go murder 12 people because you said I was a good guy. You're a very nice person. Fuck you. I'm a demon. I'm not nice. (laughs) It is very juvenile for David. He's just so like, don't say nice things about me. I'm going to piss in your cereal to prove I'm a bad guy. I'm a bad guy. I'm a bad boy. That's my appeal, Stefan. Don't Don't take that away from me, brother. (laughs) Little brother. So, Stefan uh, thinks he knows what's going on, so he wants to research to confirm his suspicions. Meredith makes him take Matt, because... (laughs) I know. Were your notes, oh, Ollie's gonna love this? Oh, yeah. This is an Ollie scene. (laughs) (laughs) Unrepentantly, Matt Stefan deserve better. Shipper. I do like, though, that Meredith is like, listen, Matt's clearly, like, having something going on with him. Stefan, please take a moment to address this. Please go talk to your boy. (laughs) Talk to your boyfriend. (laughs) So Matt and Stefan go to the library together. It's a date. It's a library date. Stefan goes through Honoria's diary. He finds the stuff that he needs. He turns around and Matt's like... Hi, Stefan. I'm in an existential crisis. Please help. It's so good. Like, God, I love the two of them. Anyway, my opinions are basically that anytime anyone who's not Matt, because we never get Matt's perspective on this, so I can hold true that Matt is like, I loved you, Stefan. Uh, and that, that Stefan is like, we were definitely best bros who could have smooched. Not fucked, because, like, he's too old for that. Don't don't be fucking teenagers, Stefan. That would be great. But I totally fucking believe that the two of them were romantically involved, even if they didn't put those words on it. But, like, so it's so sad because he's like, I've got all these feels and everything seems terrible. And Stefan, please, you're old. 
Can you tell me? Does it get better? And Stefan is like, I can't make that promise. And I was really, ultimately, like, it struck me right in the heart. Because I'm like, thank you for being a fucking realist. (laughs) Stefan, I really think that's what Matt needed. Because Matt needed to hear that, like, yeah, there's some real bad shit out there. And I've watched humans do some real bad shit. But what are you going to do about it? And then Matt was like, well, I'm a good person. And I'm going to try. And then Stefan was just like, you go, boy. I fucking love you. I do like that because this is where the theme like really comes to a head, right? Yeah. Because they actually address it. They talk. They take time to talk in this book. Yep. So Stefan confirms his whole theory about what's going on with the help of Honoria's diary. He doesn't mention what it is, though, because this is very important that the reader be surprised. Shock. Uh, next scene, Bonnie and Meredith are on Vicky duty, <laughs> even though, again, they can do nothing except call for Stefan. Right, you're just, like, there to be like, caca, caca. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> just psychic, caca, Stefan, please help. <laughs> um, Bonnie gets up to stretch her legs and is set upon by Demon, who uses his vampire powers to do a sexual assault. Oh, my God. Fucking God. Damon's like, hey, Bonnie, I want to suck your blood. And Bonnie's <laughs> like, I'm hypnotized by your sexiness and vampire whatever bullshit. And he is almost to the point where he gets Bonnie's blood when Matt breaks it up. Because Matt's a good boy. And Matt's like, Bonnie, get out of here. I love this scene, honestly. Really? Because I hate it a lot. No, I love it because I love Bonnie's reaction. I, so it's this whole thing, right? Where like Matt shows up, he's like, Bonnie, go wait in the car. Go wait in the car, young lady. (laughs) And Bonnie is reacting like, oh shit, this is the first time Matt's been like, I don't know, alive in six months. So I'm going to give it to him. I'm going to let him take this. (laughs) It is. It's like Bonnie who's like, well, Meredith and Elena wouldn't let themselves be ordered around like this. But Matt is showing emotion for the first time. So I should let him white knight me. (laughs) Right? I feel like (laughs) this is like Matt and Damon having a dick measuring contest. No, for sure. At the expense of Bonnie's agency. For sure, for sure. But I do... So, like, the scene itself, just looking at it from the outside, is fucking stupid. But (laughs) Bonnie's reaction to it, of her being like, oh, I could step up and stand up for myself right now, but you know what? I think Matt needs this one. (laughs) (laughs) And where she's like, thanks, Matt. And I'm like, you're so pandering to this poor edge of fucking suicidal ideation child. (laughs) Thank you, Bonnie, for allowing Matt to, like, crawl back into himself. That's fair. So, Matt and Damon have their dick measuring competition. (laughs) This part is, like, equal parts ship bait for both Bonnie Matt and Mm -hmm. Bonnie Damon. Yeah, so that was the weirdest thing I couldn't understand. I'm like, are we going for Matt Bonnie? Because I don't want that. (laughs) (laughs) But it is definitely present. It is it is there multiple times. Like, it's there throughout the book, this, like, yep. hinting that Matt, Bonnie. Yep. Like, honestly, I'm surprised that we didn't go harder on the Matt, Bonnie because of the ways in which these books have been like, and now we all pair off at the end. Well, I think that's what it was. Like, Damon and Matt don't get Elena, so here's Bonnie. She doesn't have a boyfriend. Look at Bonnie. She's unattached. 
Yeah, it's that. And it's also Matt and Damon having their pissing contest and then, like, ending up in a situation where it's like, I respect you because you were going to let me murder you. <laughs> I respect you because you, you didn't were going to murder, murder me. me. <laughs> yeah, you didn't murder me. <laughs> I wish that it was, like, made more clear that, and I don't know if it's true, but I wish that it was this way. I wish that it was made clear that, like, Matt thought of Bonnie as, like, a sister. That is the dynamic in my head for them. No offense to anybody who Bonnie Matt shipped, but, like, you're wrong. So. <laughs> it's clearly Matt Stefan. It's clearly. I think if I had to choose between Matt and Bonnie and Damon and Bonnie, I'm gonna lean Matt Bonnie. Okay, fair. Fair. If I had. If if LJ Smith had a knife to my throat and said, <laughs> you, Which he does. you have to choose. Do you keep your ship and let it be canon? And I was like, oh, shit. Or do Bonnie and Damon get together? I would be like, let the humans be together. Yeah, okay, yeah. Let's maybe just exclude this serial killer slash rapist as a romantic option, please. Yeah. So they have their pissing contest. They earn each other's (laughs) respect. And Damon ends up taking over the watch from Bonnie and Meredith. The group goes back to meet Stefan at the library, who agrees to tell them what he knows, but not the audience. I fucking hate that. This is, I feel like this is the biggest craft break in this book. But anyway, they skip to graduation. Bonnie and Meredith get into a stage fight where Meredith announces loudly in front of the whole graduating class that she's going to the cemetery to honor Elena by herself. Oh my god, that fucking scene. And like, I knew (laughs) that it was them setting a thing up. Well, yeah, and they they break the kayfabe, like, right away. Like, Bonnie's like, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) The kayfabe is broken. (laughs) Matt, uh, Bonnie goes to Matt, she's like, do you do you think I laid it on a little thick? And Matt's like, no, 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 you're fine. No, so like, babe, no, you're good. <laughs> so as a reader, we know that this was a fake fight. Yeah. So Meredith goes up to the cemetery, and while she's there, she is approached by dun-dun-dun! Tyler. <laughs> Tyler! Tyler uh, approaches her at Elena's grave. He kind of toys with her, and they verbally spar in a way that's actually not really that clever. No, it's really not. Uh, Tyler eventually reveals himself as a werewolf! I hated this whole scene. (laughs) He uh, chokes Meredith out until Matt and Stefan eventually reveal themselves and come out. No, no, no. Let her get a little more choked. Maybe he'll reveal more (laughs) shit. Fuck you guys! (laughs) Fuck you, Stefan! Uh, they beat him in a way that Meredith deigns not to describe. Yeah. And then tie him up. And then they try to interrogate him. But Tyler doesn't talk. So instead, Stefan decides to have a parlor scene. <laughs> Allow me to reveal the plot. I am the detective Stephen Salvatore. <laughs> it really is. It's so I'm awkward. I'm Italian oh, detective here. <laughs> He is. He has 100% like a knives out moment where he's just like, I'm going to explain to you every single thing that's happened. Oh, this here is the plot here. (laughs) You are a werewolf, sir. And I'm going to tell you how I found out that you were a werewolf. 
<laughs> I read it in this here diary, son. It all started at the founding of Fell's Church. <laughs> and so, Stefan, I know we've talked about how some scenes don't feel expository. This feels so expository. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, when it's just prose, Eldersmith's really good at letting it be characterization, as we discussed. Mm-hmm. When it's like... Let me sit down and I shall I shall explain to you the ways in which I caught you. Haha, let me reveal the mask. It's a fucking Scooby-Doo mystery. <laughs> it is. It is. So he's like, and the, the problem is that he's revealing stuff that the readers could never have known. Oh my god, right? Like that fucking journal from the 1500s. Like, what the Yes. Shit? Thanks, guys. Right? I mean... You probably could have put together that Tyler was a werewolf based on things that happened previously in the trilogy, but based on stuff that happened in this book, like, the attack on Sue didn't even feel like a werewolf attack? No, it felt like fucking nightmare fuel. But the book is going to subject you to, like, several pages of explaining how that happened, and you're just sitting there like, well, I didn't really get a chance to read any of this, LJ, so, like, you can feel clever if you want, Yeah. but you are just, as an author, pulling this out of your butt. Yo, for real, that is always the part that I hate the most in a quote-unquote mystery, when you're like, I've got a plan, but... Let's talk about it. And then they cut to like doing the plan. I'm like, I hate this. I would rather be in on the plan as a reader than you being like, let's fade to black. (laughs) I think what I hate the most in this particular instance is that the story is told from the perspective of characters who know everything that is going to happen, but the narrative has them not think about it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was one moment later, uh, towards the end of the, in, like, the climax, where it was like, Bonnie forgot about the knife in her pocket. And I was like, okay, cool. Thank you for letting me, as the audience, know that this character is, like, forgetting about a thing that she has. So that I'm not like, well, why don't you fucking just take the fucking <laughs> knife out of your fucking pocket? Right? And you're like, it's fine. Because, yeah, maybe you forget as you're fighting for your life that you have a knife in your pocket. Exactly. That's fine. You're just gonna be like, shit, 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 what's around? Oh, this big fucking stick, that works. It feels way more realistic that way. Yeah, but, like, when you're conspiring to trap a dude, you're not going to forget that that's why you're doing it. (laughs) Anyway, shock of all shocks, Tyler is a werewolf. (gasps) Shocking. It's a blood moon. Stefan threatens to cut off Tyler's foot. No. (laughs) (laughs) No. Unless he gives them the information. Stefan's like, well, hey, Tyler, it turns out if you cut off a werewolf's member. I can think of one right off, Meredith said under her breath. Meredith wants to cut off that Cut off that werewolf dick. (laughs) (laughs) But instead, Stefan elects to threaten to cut off his foot and not the dick. Honestly, he's probably like, the girls would like to chop your dick off. I'm suggesting we chop (laughs) your foot off. I'm your friend right now. (laughs) As the good cop. (laughs) Dick or foot, what would you like? (laughs) So Stefan threatens to cut off the foot unless he gives them info about the big bad. And they crit succeed on that bluff check. They really fucking did. So they said that like if you cut off one of the members being like their hand or their foot or whatever, the werewolf stops being a werewolf. I think that's bullshit. I think that's a goddamn lie. Maybe. Either way, Tyler gives him everything he knows, which is that the Big Bad is one of the originals. Oh, oh, uh-huh. so I was so fucking excited. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> Is this when you figured out that it was Klaus? Yes, because <laughs> because I've watched the show. So it wasn't really figuring it out. It was more like knowledge that I shouldn't have had. As soon as he said, oh, he's one of the originals. Don't please cut off my foot. No. I was like, oh, shit, it's Klaus. <laughs> oh, fuck shit. Oh, I'm so excited. It's Klaus. <laughs> he's so fucking different. The same way that Caroline's so different and Bonnie's so different. Yeah. Like, everybody's different. But but just knowing that this is where Klaus came from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how did you get TV show Klaus? I was so interested because I know nothing of TV show Klaus. I only know book Klaus. TV show Klaus is uh, not a trash man. <laughs> and also, oh. like, TV show Klaus has, like, four siblings. Really? Yeah, they were also turned into vampires, and I love all of them. I don't love all of them, but I love their whole dynamic. I mean, so this book really feels like it's setting up something by talking about the originals. Yeah, by being like, oh, I'm one of the originals. It's just, it's, yeah, I think there's like a five, five siblings in the family and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That are the originals. I don't remember how they became it. I do remember watching the episode, but mm-hmm. like, it was a weird week. I don't know. I just, I love the originals. They're, they're <laughs> so good. So like, the book is all like, oh, it's one of the originals. One of the original vampires. They're like super vampires. Like, who even knows so what their powerful. deal is? I can call down lightning without needing to draw a rune because I'm not Julian yet. <laughs> But then it doesn't really go into what being an original means or, like, the connotations of, like, who else might be an original or if there's a specific vampire mythology. It's just, like, an excuse for Klaus to have powers that Stefan and Damon don't have. Yeah, they've got, like, different shit going on. Right, it feels like they're trying to tap something, maybe, like, in an earlier draft, but this draft doesn't really... (sighs) fuck with that (laughs) but anyway tyler's like hey he's an original all i really know is that there's some special type of wood that can kill him but i don't know what that is uh and also he's planning on (laughs) planning on killing vicky tonight okay bye okay bye so the group rushes off leaving tyler tied up in the cemetery and they arrive just in time to see the cop cars outside of Vicky's house because mm-hmm. Vicky is a red shirt and Vicky got Johnny Depp <laughs> hardcore. Look, I was so fucking sad. She did not deserve that shit. Because, like, I was a fool. Mm-hmm. I thought that she was going to become more of a, not a protagonist, but, like, actually fucking important. Because the beginning... And then Sue died, and I was like, alright, so we've got our one death for the book. Nope. No. Nope. wrong. Like, the way they described it, I was like, did <laughs> fucking Klaus explode her? What the shit? <laughs> it seems like it. Because, like, Meredith and Bonnie, I think, run up to Sue's bedroom at the Vicky's back of the house, which somehow the police don't... Oh, yeah, Vicky, sorry. Right, that they don't have a fucking detail back there, being like, you can't go over here. <laughs> right? The fucking cops in Fells Church are the worst. Like, all They're cops terrible. are fucking bastards, but these ones are the worst. <laughs> these are incompetent bastards. So, like, Bonnie and Meredith just run up to this back window and see Vicky's blood sprayed just across the bedroom. I love the description where it's like, her powder blue room was now red. Red yep. wallpaper. Red carpet. Red what? Like, I was like, wow. Yep. Your bodies have a lot of blood in them. Yep, they just go full Freddy. It's very good. Maybe fucking Dexter Morgan with a chainsaw this girl. <laughs> I feel so bad. 
And then, of course, Goodnight Sweetheart is still playing on the record player because the cops didn't see fit to turn that off. You would think that they would have been like, let's get everyone the fuck out of here and get goddamn CSI in. But they're like, suicide. That's a suicide. She sprayed her own blood all over her bedroom. She thought, you know, it'd be cool if I painted my room before I left. Right. Poor Vicky. She deserved better. Uh, so Damon was on Vicky guard at this point, and Stefan is furious because... As he should be. Yeah, Damon is still alive, and as far as Stefan knows, did nothing to prevent this. Mm-hmm. So Stefan berates Damon, and Damon offers no defense until Stefan says some shit about Damon getting off on watching it. Mm-hmm. And then Damon punches Stefan, and the teenagers get between the two vampires. Please don't fight, boys. You're friends. Right? I like that Bonnie in that moment is keenly aware of how stupid this is because it's like getting between two lions that are trying to fight. (laughs) But they do it anyway and they break up their fight and Damon storms off and fucks off from the book for quite a while. For like hundreds of pages. Hundred of pages. Yep. Damon is just gone. So the, the group recover, they decide to go back to Tyler because he's our only lead. Uh, they go back to the cemetery. Tyler's gone because of Shock. course he is. So very defeated, they head back to the boarding house where they break for the night. Bonnie stays because she recognizes that Stefan has not fed on humans in a while. Okay, this fucking scene. <laughs> she tries to offer her blood to him, but Stefan declines because he's stupid and sentimental. <laughs> Bonnie's like, you can fuck me if you want. <laughs> she really is. She's like, I, knew, I know that your powers are very useless without this. And you are literally the only one left now that you've made Damon all pissy. Right? Like, okay, our fucking trump card is gone. The one who actually has fucking power ran off. Right? Let's try to pump up Stefan instead. And Stefan's just like, mm, nah, I made a promise, so I'm comfortable with letting all of us die. He really is. So Bonnie is like, oh, my blood is something that Stefan can refuse. What if I offered to channel Elena? <laughs> That's something that he cannot refuse. Ah, oh, this fucking scene. <laughs> Finger guns. Bang bang, ladies, bang bang. And listen, the way that this is framed. What if I, like, pretended to be Elena? (laughs) What if, what if I let Elena possess me and then you two fucked? How would you feel about that? Then would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. And Stefan is like, that I can't turn down. Nope, and he doesn't. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he's weak for some role play. (laughs) This is the realest role play that you can get. That's true. So they go into like this, another dreamscape. Um, and Elena initially refuses to see Stefan because she is vain and she knows that Klaus yep. can make her ugly. But I loved that so much that she's like, he can't come here. What if, I don't know, my fucking teeth start falling out again. <laughs> what if I look like a corpse and he doesn't Wee. love me anymore? Elena, <laughs> your beauty is all you think you have. But Stefan, being Stefan, does not take that for an answer. He's like, you could be literally a smear on the road and I'd still want to fuck you. <laughs> no, because I was just picturing Stefan humping in the middle <laughs> of the road. I'm so sorry. Oh, Elena. Elena, I know the smear is you. You're still hot to me. I'm literally roadkill, Stefan. God. These Let me suck your blood, Elena. Need therapy so bad. 
someone's gonna make a lot of money being a vampire therapist. Oh my god. So, Stefan comes into the dream. Him and Elena make out while Bonnie's just like, well... I am but the stage of which they are performing their play. Right? So, shock of all shocks, Klaus shows up. This is the first time we actually get, like, a name. It's Klaus. Oh, I wanted to talk about this, actually, the way he looks. Okay. Uh-huh. So he's described as tall mm-hmm. and and white blonde hair and, and electric blue eyes, right? And then, because we know Julian from Forbidden Game, where there's the whole, like, the runic thing. Mm-hmm. So ice giants, right? Like, think like Thor. Ice giants came from, I think they were the, the, the Danes, maybe? Um... This was like a thing. So basically, ice giants are just the Danes who've come in and invaded England. <laughs> okay. So, so in conclusion, Klaus is Danish. I think he's I think he's a Jotun. I think he's one of the ice giants, which right isn't Julian like related to like He's a Nordic something. Yeah. So this is all rolling back where I'm like, fuck, she's absolutely with his like his storms and his lightning, right? And his icy mm-hmm. icy hair and his icy eyes. I'm like, this is all just fucking Jotunheim. This is all just fucking Loki bullshit. This is great. <laughs> so in conclusion, Klaus and Julian are Loki. Klaus and Julian are brothers, yo. That's where I'm going with this. They're Loki, they're Danish. And they're not actually, like, a problem. They've just been like, oh no, you're tall, therefore you're a giant. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's all my thought was. I just wanted to share it with somebody. (laughs) So, uh, Julian, or not Julian, I'm sorry, Klaus. Klaus (laughs) comes in. He's like, let me introduce myself. Let me introduce myself. Ah, I came from the north, the Danish. I came from the north and I held Rome for fucking Anglo-Saxons. Oh my god, he really does. He gives himself a fucking biography. And you know what? I'm here for the idea that he just made all that shit up. Except that, like, historically speaking, it tracks. (laughs) Yeah, but you know what? Klaus didn't have to be there. No, he didn't. He didn't. I love these, like, my earliest memory is holding a bronze axe. I was like, no, class. you woke up in 1963. Stop lying. <laughs> you stole some dude's fucking raincoat, which we know to be a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> trench coat, Jesus, LJ. Anyway, Klaus's motivation is that he's vaguely upset with Elena for killing Catherine, and that's kind of it. Oh, oh, we get to have a moment of Catherine deserves better, because yet again, reading this book, Oh, Catherine, she wasn't that bright, but fuck, she was hot, am I right? Bang, bang, ladies. <laughs> and him being like, oh, and then her brain got a little fucked up. But that wasn't there for her brain, was I, ladies? <laughs> and I'm just like, fuck you, LJ. Fuck you. Catherine deserves better. Everyone treats her like shit. Catherine is just a fuckable body. <laughs> Apparently. I'm team Catherine. Team Catherine getting away from all these fucking dudes is what I Right. Know. They also, she also gets in a moment to mention, like, Klaus knocked her around, just in case you were wondering. Yeah, yeah, just in case you weren't sure about how things were between the two of them. He was abusive and he fucked her. It's weird and gross. I hate it. Right, because otherwise Klaus is kind of fun. Yeah. 
being like, hey, she learned how to have a good time. We went out. We killed a bunch of people. It was good. She was sad about, like, these Italian boys. But particularly you, Stefan. She was so caught up about you. Meh, meh. Like, Klaus and Catherine could have just had a good time murdering across the European countryside together. He didn't have to be like, she got a little a little crazy and I had to beat the shit out of her. <laughs> right. I had to try and put her in her place. It didn't work. I but, had to know. be the joker to her Harley. Like, I yeah. Let's yeah. not. I mean I know why it's there. It's to make Klaus more evil, but also like it didn't need to be there. It didn't. It just it just further cements the poor fucking Catherine. Yeah. Because otherwise Klaus is just here to be an evil Julian, right? Like yeah. Oh, uh, Stefan, do you want to know how Alina's corpse looks right now? Because I can make that work. <laughs> no, the line was so good. You want to see your girlfriend without her makeup. <laughs> he does. He does like the exact same thing that Julian does in Forbidden Gate, where he's like, I'm just going to use my illusion powers to like demoralize you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of my whole game here. So good. So good. So he uses his power to make Elena look gross just to make Stefan mad. <laughs> right? Because we know. We know that Stefan's just like, I love her for her soul. <laughs> Somehow. So <sighs> Stefan uses his own willpower to make Elena look not gross. Beautiful again. And uh, Klaus loses his mind. He breaks up the dream. And as it's dissolving... Elena tells Stefan to find one of Klaus's victims, uh, and that may help them defeat him. I knew where this was going as soon as I said it, too. Did you? I was curious. I did, because I've been waiting for the grandfather to come into play. Was that something from the TV show, where you just like, Chekhov's grandfather? Chekhov's grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> they, they brought it up too much, I think, especially in the last one. Uh, I think only in the last one, really. Uh, where it was like, my grandfather was attacked and vampires and I'm very ashamed about, or my family's very ashamed about this, blah, blah, blah. Where I'm like, that's going to come back. <laughs> and then Stefan being like, I guess I'll go to Europe because clearly that's where he's got victims. Yep. And I'm like, but, well, then who the fuck attacked the grandfather? Ah, yes, I was correct. Very good. <laughs> well, so that's the whole thing, right? Because, like, outside of the dream, Stefan is like, oh, we need to find a victim's classes because when vampires bite their victims, they merge minds, and a surviving victim of Klaus might know what kind of wood he's weak to. And Stefan's immediate assumption is like, oh, a vampire. Like, Klaus probably sired someone, they survived that mind meld, we can find them. Yeah, which makes sense. It, but then Bonnie just sort of makes this leap of faith that is fucking wild, which is that Klaus has no accent and he's familiar with vaguely old American pop culture, therefore yeah. he's been therefore. in America for a while. Mm-hmm. And B... He attacked on the anniversary of Meredith's grandfather's attack, so that must be significant. I do wish that had had more, like, to it of being like, oh, Klaus always attacks someone on this day for reasons. Because there was basically no reason for him to attack on the same day. Yeah, but, you know, it's a book, so they're but correct. plot. Yep. They go to see Meredith's grandfather, and what can we say but yikes. Yikes. I was really hoping it would be way better than that. No, the scene is real bad. 
it's also 100% a plot cul-de-sac. So, like, not only is it bad, but it doesn't need to be here. It's it's like we literally just walk in to get two fucking words. Right. And it's it's another, like, horror trope, right? Where they go to an insane asylum. Ooh, and it's spooky Ooh. because people are like zombies here. Fuck you. We're going to dehumanize all these people who have mental illness. Woo! And all the focus is on Meredith's, like, emotional fortitude yeah. for bearing the shame of having a mentally ill she's grandfather. She's so brave, and she's showing us this deep part of herself. It's like, you fucking know that this happened to him because of a fucking vampire, so you theorize, so fuck you. And it clearly doesn't give a fuck about mental illness as anything but, like, a spooky decoration or yep. as a plot device. Like, they go in to talk to him, and he doesn't respond. And as they're leaving, he does a jump scare. Yeah, literally. It's, like, the grossest thing in the book, probably. And, like, we go back, of course, to the fact that it's, like, kind of in the past couple of books, L.J. Smith has made it vague, not apparent, that Meredith might be our only person of color, and that, therefore, her grandfather is a, uh older man of color. Yep. Be spooky! <laughs> yep, I hate it. Um, but apropos of nothing, as they're leaving, he just screams the answer at them. <laughs> How long has he been saying this fucking word? We didn't need that. All we needed to do was have Meredith go, oh shit, what? My grandfather, he only says like five fucking words these days. Right? <laughs> one of them is vampire, and the other one is white ash. He says vampire and white ash wood and something else. Right? Because this this trip accomplishes nothing. This is not Matt and Stefan hunting for Vervane no. character development. This is just a, f- a facilitation of a jump scare. Mm-hmm. So they get back to Stefan's place. Uh, they find a tree in the backyard, thankfully. Klaus's <laughs> kryptonite is local. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Could you imagine if it was like, Joshua Treewood? <laughs> Right, Stefan's like, oh, hey, guys, so turns out I do have to go back to Europe to get this wood. (laughs) But um, they find it in the backyard, it's fine. And as they're getting back to the border house, they find an invitation from Klaus. I liked that, visually. It's a nice touch. It's a very horror movie, right? Yeah, it was good. They open the invitation, and the letters just appear like knife slashes. Slash, slash, slash. Klaus is basically like, yo, I kidnapped the only other female character that is of note in the story that I haven't killed. I've got the girl. What girl? What fucking girl? Oh, Caroline. (laughs) See? Attached. Scarf. (laughs) Just in case you forget, you know that he was sitting there being like, do they even care about you? You've not even hung out with them. Ah, You were wearing this. Maybe they'll know it. Which is Klaus... Hoping that any of them noticed that Caroline was wearing a specific item ever. Right, because in the beginning of this book, Caroline has fucked off to another city where she's yeah. Caroline is the smart one, sort she of. She is. She deserves to live. She's like, you know what? Spooky shit keeps going off in this town. I'm gonna leave. If I was writing this and I was Klaus and I'm a dick and I'm an original, I'd have sent her fucking hand so that <laughs> Stefan would be like, smell smell the blood and be like that's caroline as opposed to have this delicately wrapped scarf right fuck you i'm an ancient vampire what do i care about this human yeah but you know we're still we're still a ya so we can't do that well 
they find, you know, the scarf attached. They're like, oh shit, he's got Caroline. And Klaus is like, Stefan, come alone or I'll murder her. Bonnie has her premonition. Nobody can kill Klaus and live. Fight. No one can fight him and live. Which feels like it's going to be more important. I honestly thought it was going to be like, no no man can kill me. I am no man. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. one can fight me and live. I do not live. Right. It feels like it's going to be a play on words. It was not. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. It's also not even true. It's bullshit. Uh, Stefan pulls, <laughs> he pulls like a Harriet the Hendersons where he's like, go away you stupid teenagers, I don't like you anyway. I hate you. I Get out of you. here, you're just mucking up all my shit. You just ruin all my plans, go away. And they immediately see through him where they're like, god did he steal those lines from Damon? I know, I do love that where <laughs> Stefan does his big dramatic fuck off, I have to do this alone. And like, the minute he's gone, the teenagers are like, Wow, that was kind of a bit much, huh? <laughs> he embarrassed himself. Jeez, <laughs> Stefan, can I give you a couple of notes? <laughs> You're gonna get people to leave you alone. You should probably, I don't know, fucking tie us up and leave us in a closet or something. So they decide, like, okay, we'll at least try to offer, like, Stefan our blood to, like, repower himself because Stefan's made this stupid promise to not take any more human blood. Whatever. And Stefan's like, no, I hate you. You're just bringing me down. Leave. But I mention that because that is an important divergence point for our side story that we're going to talk about oh later. Oh god, oh god. So, they follow him through the woods to the farmhouse where he's going to meet Klaus. Uh, it's in a big empty field with Caroline tied up at one end and Bonnie, Meredith, and Matt watching from like a cliff. So Stefan appears, he's he's trying to, like, bargain with Klaus, uh, and then Bonnie realizes, oh shit, it's a full moon! It's a full moon on the summer solstice eve! She realizes that Tyler is going to, like, sneak up and, like, sneak attack Stefan, and that gives him, like, fucking 48 damage, so it's gonna be really bad. <laughs> she exposes their hiding spot to warn Stefan that Tyler is sneaking up on them. And then Klaus does my favorite thing, which is, like, summon down a lightning storm and, like, Emperor Palpatine her. Yes. <laughs> so die, Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So he throws a fucking lightning bolt at her, and the teenagers break up and run in to help. So while Stefan engages Klaus, Meredith frees Caroline, and Matt takes on Tyler. Uh, and eventually, Tyler knocks Matt out. Okay, wait. So the fucking descriptions on Matt getting knocked the fuck out—it's pretty were... rough. It is, and the fact that like I was so goddamn anxious because of course i give a shit about matt <laughs> that was your first mistake i just kind of chose him in the beginning and i was like that's my boy i'm gonna keep him <laughs> he's my small bean my son it was like oh i'll never forget that sound it was like a rotten watermelon being cracked open or something like that right and i'm like his head is leaking out bonnie <laughs> you described him as a melon <laughs> cracked open and you're just like forgetting about him for like pages <laughs> yep it's just like oh no matt's head melon he's out he's, he's out, out of the action and then everything else is like 
oh no, poor Meredith, oh no, poor Carolyn. I'm like, fucking get your ass over to my boy and find out if his brains are leaking out the back of his skull. Could you please? Alright. You're like, get a fucking scoop, start scooping those back into his head. He needs those. He's the smartest one among us sometimes. And that was when, that was when, like I said earlier, I was, I would turn a page and I would scan the two pages for the word (laughs) Matt and then be like, well, there he is bleeding out for more. (laughs) I was so fucking pissed because, and, and then even later after more stuff that you're going to say, I'm just like, Matt, like, like Matt, like, is he paralyzed? Do we need to get him to a hospital? Does he need a fucking stretcher? How much brain does he not have anymore? <laughs> anybody. Anybody. Could you look at Matt? <laughs> I did not give a fuck about the plot. Because I was, I was like, somebody fucking tell me that this poor fucking child is okay. Because you're telling me everyone else is okay, but you're not giving a goddamn two sentences to Matt groaning and therefore proving that he's alive. Thank you. <laughs> No, it's true because like she explains that so explicitly like it's like a melon <laughs> like and so you're like oh so his brains are just yeah, kind of literally fucked up right now you said it's like a rotten melon being cracked open so i have a very specific image in my head right so it's not like he was just knocked out it's like oh no no. Cracked skull. Like, this yeah. is bad. Nope. Cracked skull. Bad problem. I'll never forget that sound. Fucking hell. But uh, she proceeds to ignore that sound for several pages. Yeah. So Matt's knocked out. Um, Elena, or not Elena, Meredith and Bonnie are allowed to take out Tyler by themselves, which I appreciate. Yes, thank you. Thank you for not needing a stepping. So they knock Tyler out. Um, but Meredith is pretty badly wounded in the process. Uh, but Bonnie has been not paying attention to the whole Stefan and Klaus thing for too long. (laughs) So she's like, Caroline, you watch our dying human characters here. I need to go back (laughs) to the vampire plot. I am the point of view character right now. (laughs) I need to go look this way. I need to go where the action is, Caroline. You understand. Sure. But, like, let's appreciate that at least she does that as opposed to passing out and then being told after what happened. Shade. I did think about that, to be honest. (laughs) I was like, "Mm, at least Bonnie's legs are moving. (laughs) At least I'm attempting something. I'm Bonnie. (laughs) So she goes back to the field. She sees Stefan and like an anime fight, it looks like Stefan is beating Klaus. But no. But then Klaus has been holding back. (laughs) Klaus takes off his leg weights and is like, "Mm." (laughs) hmm. I was handicapping myself the whole time. I am not left-handed. <laughs> yes. I just wanted to see how strong you were, kiddo. <laughs> Klaus is just like, mm, bored now. And <laughs> he snaps and Stefan doesn't have skin anymore. <laughs> Basically, he takes uh, Stefan's, like, ash spear. He breaks it in half, pins Stefan to the ground, and then he stabs him. Like three Repeatedly. times. Yeah. With the splintery end. Yeah, like over and over again. Like it's, it's one of those terrifying. shockingly gruesome moments. Like when Elena was gnawing on his neck, we were like, ugh. Yeah. 
Like, I do so appreciate the moments when LJ Smith is just really good at the, like, visceral... (laughs) So, he's standing over him. He's, like, stabbing him over and over again. Just before Klaus strikes the killing blow, somebody javelins him with the other half of the spear from across the field. You knew it had to happen. (laughs) It's really good. It's a good moment, though. It is. Because I'd honestly, I'd forgotten about him. Right, right, right. Because you're like, Damon has, at this point, been gone for hundreds of pages. Right? And it wasn't like I was like, waiting, waiting, waiting. I was just like, yep, reading the plot, reading the plot. Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot about you. Right? It's a good moment and it's a good beat because, like, Klaus is over Stefan. Bonnie's watching. Uh, He mentioned earlier that he flung the other half of the staff, like, across the clearing. He, like, snapped it and chucked one half away. And then you just get this description of, like, shung! And then there's a fucking javelin sticking out of Klaus's back. And then the chapter ends and you're like, holy shit, who did that? And then, oh shit, Damon's back. Like, daddy's home. get away from my brother! It's so goddamn cute. It's very good. Where it's just like, oh, you're like 10, and you're like protecting (laughs) your brother, and you're like, you leave my little brother alone, you big bully! Nobody kills my brother but me. (laughs) Which is to say, nobody kills my brother. (laughs) Right. Like, all the time, you know that Damon is just like, I'm a fucking dick, blah blah blah, but I do ultimately love my brother, even though I really fucking shouldn't, but I do. Right. And especially after, like, all the stuff that happened in the last book where he found out that, like, Stefan felt really bad about murdering his mortal self, you know? Right? So, Damon enters the fight. Uh, and I love the detail that Klaus charges off into the end of the field, into the forest, and then Bonnie's just standing there like, Oh, okay. I guess I'm not able to do anything about this. Anybody else here? Okay, I'm gonna go check on Stefan now. Not Matt, I noticed. <laughs> Matt has uh, Caroline's got Matt that is Caroline's responsibility now so Stefan is straight up dying he's dying I love that he even comments about that too he's like this isn't bad I'm dying because Damon comes Damon 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 <laughs> Damon comes back Damon Damon <laughs> And they argue about whether or not Damon is going to let Stefan die. I know. And uh, Damon's like, no, I'm going to give you some blood. I'm going to fucking ring out. I'm going to juice these humans. (laughs) (laughs) Like a fucking orange. I've got several cups of Bonnie blood for you here. (laughs) Look at this Bonnie right here. Look at that throat. Crack one open. It's a warm one. Just, I, I can I can help you and uh, Stefan is like no Damon I'm dying Damon <laughs> like, is... I'm fucking basically dead don't right. kill a human for me no you're my brother and I love you <laughs> this is beyond your juicing abilities sir <laughs> look man you juice a mean human but <laughs> Stefan is even like listen I need you to take care of these humans and Damon's like I don't give a fuck about them <laughs> about anybody here but you i don't even care about me i don't give a flying fuck and bonnie's like it's true he doesn't i can tell (laughs) i appreciate that bonnie was like no that's that's fair that's fair and stefan is like no damon you do give a shit and damon's like "Ugh, i guess if that's what you want me to feel if you tell me i have to i do tell you you have to it's my dying fucking wish Ugh. 
fine. And he grabs Bonnie by the scruff of her neck. He's like, come on, human, let's go. I gotta get you out of here. Then I can come back and rescue my brother so that I can kill him later, I promise. (laughs) Some unspecified time. Uh, But oh shit, Klaus comes back with his lightning powers. Lightning bolts. He's also no longer staked. He pulled the stake out of his own back. So that's that's cool. That's an impressive moment. Right. And that's the moment where I'm like, why did we even bother? (laughs) It was just so we could have a couple moments. Peace. Like, why did we even care about (laughs) Klaus's kryptonite wood if it's not actually going to work? I thought it was going to fucking put him into torpor. Right? With a fucking underworld going on here. (laughs) Right? You, You thought that this book would have a satisfying ending where a character who has been set up to have done this sort of thing before would come in and save the day at the last minute. Mm -hmm. But that's not what's gonna actually happen. Nope. (laughs) This is where it goes off the fucking rails. It's fucking bananas. So... N-A-N-A-S bananas. Klaus comes back with lightning. He lights all the trees around him. He's like, alright, I'm done with this shit. Damon shifts into a wolf to try to come at him, bro. And <laughs> Klaus just like snaps his fingers and Damon gets struck by lightning and that's the end of Damon. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It is. I feel like there was an alternate ending that ended with Damon staking Klaus and it made sense. And for some reason, someone said, how about we make it not make sense? What if um, the whole book is about... Elena. <laughs> <laughs> so Klaus is approaching Stefan. He literally says, Stefan Salvatore, I'm gonna eat you. I'm gonna eat you. I'm gonna eat you. <laughs> I think that's probably the best line. It's a very good line. You know, I wish the baddies in, in these YA books back in the day talked like that. Be like, I've had enough of your shit, Stefan Salvatore. I'm gonna eat you now. Goodbye. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just, I'm going to eat you now, Salvatore. That's it. This is this is the bad guy. <laughs> I'm gonna eat you now. <laughs> I love I love that he's so specific. It's not like drain you. It's not yeah, like he's not flourishing this shit. He's like dinner. Right now. I'm hungry. I had steak and shake a couple hours ago. <laughs> I just need to chow on that neck. So Right? Like, you're a vampire, I'm an older vampire, you're gonna be so nourishing. Get over here. Get over (laughs) here. I've got that thing where I can only feed on other vampires. It was a three-point flaw. I took it. (sighs) Look, that's a trope I love so much. I wish that was what was going on. Uh, he approaches Stefan. He's gonna eat him, but not in a fun way. (laughs) Bonnie sees the end coming towards her, and like we've mentioned multiple times before, she sees that the only thing that she can do is bodily protect Stefan. Yeah, she can try. Uh, which, you know, Klaus, I love how Klaus is like, move. And Bonnie's (laughs) like, no. Right, so that whole scene, I'm reading it, and I'm just like, Klaus. (laughs) Come on, dude. Just, why are you politely asking the human? <laughs> I know. Pick her up. Lightning bolt her. Something. Fuck <laughs> right? her across the fucking place. Like, come on. You're an original, dude. Instead, you're like, hey, dog, I'd like to not kick you. <laughs> right. 
Like, it's going to take too much of my energy to kick you. If you could just kick yourself off of Please this body that I want to eat. Eat yourself off that cliff immediately. <laughs> I love it, though. I love this whole scene. Because, mm-hmm. like, Bonnie says something about, like, oh, it's like he sees a spider in his salad. Which, first of all, would actually require a bigger reaction. If I saw a spider in my <laughs> salad, I would be like, what the fuck? The shit is this fucking spider i would toss that whole goddamn salad onto the floor right on the chair a shattering of glass a very (laughs) bad yelp review like it would be very bad (laughs) Uh, like no i do not want a gift certificate (laughs) to come back here you put spiders in your salads (laughs) wash that lettuce better thank you uh so yeah no he just treats her like she's insignificant he's just like move you're not worth the muscle energy it would take to lift you off of this body. Apparently. And Bonnie's like, no, I'm not gonna move. I'm gonna make this a <laughs> no. little harder for you, Klaus. Slightly harder. Slightly. And I, I feel like we can't emphasize enough how slight that is. It's uh, it's literally like when I'm in the kitchen and I'm trying to, to go to the fucking fridge or something and the dog is there. And I'm like, dog, <laughs> dog, could you just please move? Thank you, dog. But it's also like if the dog had, like, a fully cooked steak on its back. Because you could also eat this girl who's, like, this is just an appetizer. (laughs) It's like if the dog was in front of the fridge with, like, a fucking spinach dip on his back. (laughs) Like, I'm like, I could go to the fridge and get the food that I want. Or I could steal the spinach dip that's on the plate on the dog's (laughs) back and eat that instead. And then later go back for my actual dinner. Right? So, like, the fucking amount of trouble Bonnie is making is, like, less than minimal. But she does it anyway, because that's the theme of the book. Yep. So, her last ditch effort as Klaus is like, alright, fine, I'll eat you both. Whatever. I guess I wasn't that hungry, but I'll do it. (laughs) I didn't need spinach dip, but now that I think about it, I have chips. I didn't order it, but the waiter brought it. You know. So... (laughs) <laughs> that's that's probably better where it's where it's not anything in your way is that you really would like to get to the main course but for some reason the waiter has brought you spinach dip and you're like i didn't order this and the waiter is just like but it's here now i can't take it back we've got a strict no returning of the spinach dip policy here sir and you're just like oh i guess I could just set it aside. I'm on a diet. I really just want that steak. <laughs> but it's there. It's and they're there. just going to throw it away anyway. <laughs> it's like when you go to like a Mexican restaurant and you don't want chips, but they bring, they bring the chips them anyway. <laughs> You're yeah. just like, all right, fine. They're here. You know? Shit. Fuck. I was going to be good. Nom, nom, nom. Klaus is on a diet. That's the moral of the story. <laughs> Klaus goes in for that Bonnie chip, and <laughs> as a last-ditch effort, that chip screams for Elena. Elena, Elena, Elena! This is not Bloody Mary, like... Nope. But apparently it is. So, like, thus far, again, the only thing that we have leading up to this last-ditch effort working is Unquiet Spirits. Unquiet Spirits. It's the solstice. And that's it. That's it. This came out of not even left field. This is someone sort of playing a football game at a baseball game. (laughs) 
I wondered. I don't, because you've never read this before. This is someone started swimming at a gymnastics tournament. (laughs) So, Bonnie screams for Elena. My next note just says, sigh. (laughs) She screams for it. I love that Klaus is like, oh shit, is Elena gonna appear? Oh shit, no. (laughs) He's like, that annoying ghost that I've been fucking with, is she here? He's just, like, looking around, like, where is she? Is she coming? Where's she at? Nah, she ain't showing. <laughs> but a mist stretches across the ground. It is pretty aesthetically pleasing. No, it's a good, creepy description, for sure. Yeah. Just the the event itself is like, what? Yeah. <laughs> the what happens is, this is, this is real, real not great. The how it happens? Alright, cool. Cool, yeah, I'd watch fine. that. It's, a, you know, it's spooky. So, like, this army of Confederate and Union spirits just rise out of the ground, and uh, Elena leads them. Uh, and I do like that Klaus's reaction <laughs> is just to be like, what are you gonna do, you old spooks? <laughs> and then <laughs> somebody just yells, get him, boys! Fucking banjos start playing. <laughs> really is. So I have a completely false memory of a flaming coach springing out of the ground and Aww. dragging Klaus literally to hell. hell. That would have been great. It's less stupid than what actually happens. <laughs> That's why it should have been great. <laughs> Which is that the ghosts grab Klaus. Fucking ghost NATO. <laughs> make a tornado and then tornado him away not even to hell we get like this is like stephen king level bad plot it's bizarre like people who are listening who have probably read this book before you know what was coming you probably knew hello raven <laughs> right you knew what was going to happen i didn't ollie hello ollie hello <laughs> who didn't know that this was going to happen If this sounds weird to you that this ghost tornado just came out of nowhere and took this dude to somewhere, and I quote, he could do no harm, not even to hell specifically, it's just as weird to us. (laughs) Like, okay, and and I say this with affection because this is the best one I've read so far. I really, I, I enjoyed it. It stands alone pretty well. Except any and every time Elena fucking Gilbert gets mentioned. (laughs) Which is, like, the idea that, like, we couldn't let these characters stand on their own and do shit. Mm -hmm. We had to bring in not only Elena, but also fucking dead Confederates and Union soldiers. (laughs) Like, why? (laughs) Where did it come from? I don't know. The book before this feels complete. You're like, oh no, we're at the lowest point. He's about to kill Stefan, but what's that brotherly love here to save the day? That makes sense. All of everybody coming together, trying. Yep, the group. The group does it in the face of innumerable odds. Mm Mm-hmm. So, what the fuck? I don't know. Mm Mm-mm. So, after that, uh, Elena and Stefan have, like, a genuinely, like, the emotions in this book are good. Yeah. She's ready to go off to- She's not ready, but she's, like, resigned. Right, like, they're going to send her whether she likes it or not. Yeah. 
Um, Stefan's like dying on the ground and Elena's like, Stefan, I can heal you. Do you want me to? I can heal what Klaus did, but I can't heal what Catherine did. I can't make you a human. Would you like to continue living as a vampire? Or you can die. Either way. Yeah, like you've earned your rest. Are you going to keep on living without Elena in the world? And, you know, it's a nice button on that, right? Where uh, Stefan says, yes, I'm going to continue trying. So Elena heals Stefan with a kiss. She then remembers that the rest of the characters in the book exist. (laughs) So she goes and she heals Meredith and Matt and Caroline. Yes, she does kiss them. And you know what? Only time we are told that she kisses something other than like what one assumes a kiss yes. is, is when she kisses Damon on the head, which means she goes over and she fucking smooches yes. Meredith, Caroline, Matt, and then turns to Damon and is like, forehead kiss. Yep. They don't specify where she kisses them. <laughs> Tongue and everything. Mm, this is my healing saliva. <laughs> I'm Elena Gilbert and suddenly I'm bisexual. <laughs> yes. Please, so good. Please, God. You all were obsessed with me anyway. Yep. So when she finishes, she is pulled to the afterlife. Stefan asks her to wait, but she can't, and she's clearly upset, but it's happening anyway. And Stefan pulls a Vader. (laughs) He's like, Elena! Ah! Ah, It's the worst thing that Bonnie's ever heard! But then... But wait, this book has like five more pages. There's a flash of gold light and gasp. It's Elena. Naked. And this is where I tell you that that Christmas story that we Mm. read or that I told you about for the last one, that takes place after this. Okay, that makes way more sense than it happened the previous time. So it is a year after Elena died, but now she's been reborn. How the fuck? All right, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Aunt Judith. BT dubs. Hi. Yeah, this book doesn't have to deal with that, but the 2009 series does, so I guess we'll find out eventually. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I do like that she has a nice moment of reunion with Meredith and Bonnie and Caroline first. Yes, and that she's like, no, Caroline, everything's fine, that's in the past. Acknowledging that, like, yeah, we were fucking teenagers, and we're still teenagers, but also we've been through some shit. Yep. They also mentioned that it's the first time that Caroline, or not Caroline, Meredith, who has, like, been pretty stoic through the whole thing, like, loses her shit and starts sobbing. Yeah. So they reunite, and then she reunites with Stefan. They have a nice group hug. Elena and Stefan uh, hold out their hands to Damon jointly. They're like, hey, mm, hey Damon, threesome. <laughs> Damon is like, no, I'm not like you. I could never be like you. And then Matt jumps in because he, having measured his dick against Damon, has respect for him now. (laughs) I see you have a dick. I also have a dick. (laughs) As an AMAB person, this is the only way I can properly respect you. Yours is slightly longer than mine. You have my respect, sir. (laughs) He's like, no, 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 Damon. You are not responsible for the bad things that we think you've done. You only killed Tanner in self-defense. And I'm like... I hate that bullshit. (laughs) Matt, Matt, do you know what self-defense means, Matt? (laughs) Because it's not this. I'm going to tell you right now, Matt. 
Tanner was a human and Damon is a fucking serial killer vampire, so... <laughs> I'm tell you right now, Matt. Damon did bite Tanner first. Y- yeah. Yeah. It's not like Tanner came at him with a knife. Damon bit Tanner and then Tanner, Tanner in self-defense, self-defense stabbed him. And then Damon, out of spite, presumably, yeah, murdered him. He was like, you're annoying. Goodbye. (laughs) They are so willing to just ignore Damon's bullshit. Yep. And Damon's like, why are you ignoring my bullshit? (laughs) Right? Damon's like, please, God, somebody hold me accountable. (laughs) I'm a bad man who's done bad things. No. Yes. Yes, in fact, yes. Uh, they also established that the reason that Damon couldn't help Vicky was because nobody invited him into Vicky's house, which I thought was pretty funny, personally. I did think so, so too, where he just, like, freaks out. He's like, nobody invited me in! And I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> oh, shit, true. We did overlook that. That is true. <laughs> you know what, Damon? Our bad. Thank you for being attached to the DM's mind. <laughs> Because that is the kind of shit I would pull as a as a storyteller, where they're like, well, how come blah, blah, blah didn't happen? I'm like, did you fucking tell them? <laughs> right? Oh. Uh, we just assumed. Did you invite them in? No. That's no. right. Well, then there you fucking go. That's how you lost your fucking red shirt NPC. <laughs> so... Damon is just like, no, if nobody's going to hold me accountable, I'm holding me accountable. Good, you do that, Damon. Uh, and he gives Elena his jacket and he fucks off. <laughs> and Caroline gives her her dress. Yeah, because Elena does show up Terminator naked. So. Naked. And thank fucking God that it's the 90s, so wearing right. a slip was still a thing. <laughs> right. There are so many times where somebody in this book is wearing a slip under something else, and you're like, oh, yeah, because that was a thing. I did appreciate, too, that they were like, the class of 92, and I'm like, oh, sweet. Yeah, they haven't updated it. Yeah, no, that's good. I like that, because it means that it's been, like, almost 30 years. <laughs> yep, but uh, don't worry, the next book, Cell Phones... It all took place in 2009. It's fine. Okay. Okay. So, um, everybody dances and that's the end. Never fucking telling us why she's been come back. Like, I really was hoping this was the one that did a plot, um, <laughs> that wrapped its shit up. Cause it was pretty good until Elena fucking showed up naked. I was like, this is good. Elena is finally fucking gone. We will never bring her back. I spoke too fucking soon. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Hey guys, Cine here. Um, I wanted to hop in because our recording ended up going super long and I wanted to be able to get this out to you guys a little quicker and maybe make it less than two hours long. Uh, so we cut the bit where we talked about the side story that goes with this book, Blood Will Tell. Uh, but don't worry, I'm going to get that out. It's just going to be a separate episode. It'll probably come out in uh, like a week or so. But rest assured, it's there and we're going to post it. It's just going to take a little extra time to edit. So it won't be in this particular episode. Sorry about that and sorry about the long wait for this one. It was kind of a beefy boy. Um, And thanks for your patience. Bye. Alright, well, assuming you don't read that horrifying story. Yep. Uh, would you recommend Dark Reunion? 
maybe maybe we should have saved the ending story for after this, but um yeah, no, I like Dark Reunion. Dark Reunion is my favorite. I think you could read it solo perfectly fine. It's like a decent horror story. Um mm-hmm. Damon sucks and he goes back to being like an explicit serial rapist and that sucks. Yeah. But the rest of it is pretty interesting and I like this one. So yeah, I would recommend it with the caveat of fuck Damon. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Damon could have been who he was the past couple books, but chose not to be. Yep. Yeah, otherwise, I think it was pretty good. Um, I would love to just not have had Elena come back. That'd be great. Because every time she popped up in the story, I was like, right, Elena. <laughs> right, you're here. I don't even mind Elena coming back because I think that's a sweet reward for all of the rest of the characters at the end of this where it's like, you know Fair. what? For them, it's good. For us. Right. Well, and, like, at this point, you didn't have to assume that you would ever have to read a book from Elena's perspective again, so it's like, Okay, it. fair. Fine. Fair, fair. Have her come if back. If I didn't know there were more books coming. Right. So, I I mean, I definitely think that this ending is deus ex bullshit, but <laughs> as a nice reward, sure, kids, have your Elena. Sure. They were all very kids. happy about it. Death is temporary. <laughs> Here you go. Uh, Yeah. All right, so that was the first four books in the Vampire Diaries series. Mm-hmm. Next time, we'll be revealing uh, the author that we're going to be doing our first backlist chunk on. Yeah, I'm very excited. Yeah, season four. Should be good times. Thank you for listening uh, to us in our extraordinarily drunken state. And oh, Christ. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully we made any, any fucking sense. Oh, my God. Who knows? <laughs> we'll find out fucking four hours long. I know, I know. Luckily, there's a lot of stuff you can cut. You can find me on Twitter at Olivia Hennis, H-E-N-N-I-S, and find the podcast there, Backlist Podcast. You can also find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash backlistandchill, and you can find me on Twitter at endless underscore run. All right, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. Next time. Bye. Bye.